You're listening to Inward with Rabbi Joey Rosenfeld on the Shefa Podcast Network. Join Rabbi Joey as he guides us through the world and major works of Kabbalah, Hasidic masters, and Jewish philosophy, shedding light on the inner life of the soul. Okay, so Be'ezras Hashem, tonight we're going to be continuing with our series of Shirim on living the future and the present. And tonight what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick detour in terms of identifying the boundaries and the limits in which the context and the content of these Shirim is going to take place. But the divergence away from the content for the sake of applying limitations to it as we're going to see is not simply a secondary element, but it's part and parcel of the, the very concept that we're discussing as well, to the extent that the limitations that we're going to set for ourselves when discussing our relationship with the future present is going to ultimately be madir. it's going to identify the way that we relate to the future. Throughout history, throughout Yiddishkeit, this begins already with Adam HaRishon, there's a certain element that the Jewish people fall prey into, which is something referred to as achal peda, something referred to as eating something or partaking of something just a little bit too early with a lack of patience. That it's because of a lack of patience that the Jewish people were cast out of Gan Eden and it's due to a lack of patience that we're unable to enter back into Gan Eden. Patience, the quality of patience, the quality of sablanut and hamtana the ability to wait properly and be patient for something is an identifiable mark that rests, as Rabbi Nachman of Breslov points out, at the loftiest point of our capacity of being human. That the ability to wait, the ability to be patient, marks the very site where the human being expresses themselves most intensely. And one of the elements where patience is most necessary is with regards to our ability to live the future. Because when a person learns the Torah of the Baal Shem Tov when a person learns the Torah of the Tzadik Ma'amitim, when a person learns Torah's Moshe, when they read a Pasuk that says, Enon Levadah, it's possible for a person, again, in accordance with their own level, in accordance with their own mind, with their own heart, with their own body, it's possible for a person to say, okay, let's do this. I hear that HaKadosh Baruch is present everywhere. That in truth, the future is not something that stands outside of my purview, but rather it's something that exists in the present moment. So why not claim that we fixed everything? Why not claim that we can live life as if the future has actually arrived? Why not claim that even though redemption has not yet arrived, with my understanding, with my knowledge, I can reach a place where redemption has already arrived? Why is it that I can't live in accordance with those realities? Because the redemption, the arrival of redemption, the arrival of the fixing of all things brings with it certain halachos. And those halachos of redemption are that that death is negated forever. And we have shitos and chazal, statements in the Gemara that tells us mitzvos are that mitzvos ultimately are going to be negated in the future, which is something that we're going to discuss. 
or that the undoing of the chet of the eight sadas, the undoing of the admixture of good and bad and right and wrong and allowed and disallowed, if these are deferred elements of a fallen state of lowly consciousness due to our inability to identify the reality of the future in the present moment, then a person can, God forbid, come along and say, let's live with the halachas of the future. Let's live as if everything is actually fixed. Let us undo all of the residual elements of undo all residual elements of the lag and the deferred nature of things from exile and live in a pure state of redemption. This danger and this all too human tendency to want to take an idea and apply it as if it were actually the full expression of the truth is something that has taken place throughout Jewish history. Throughout Jewish history, there are certain attitudes, there are certain desires to say, let everything be fixed, let it be fixed. I'm done waiting for it to be fixed. I'm going to uncover the fact that it's all fixed and I'm going to live my life in accordance with this absolute fixedness. The Ramchal Schusia Ganalini tells us in his parish on the Ijarab and Adirba Maron that it's possible for an individual to reach back prior to the Chet of Adam Harishon and to live their life as if they're in Ganeda. For a person to live as if the Chet has never taken place. For a person to live as if subjectivity has never fallen into the body itself and that every action that the individual engages in is an objective reality of a Kaddish Baruch's desire. But what the Ramchal also adds, and what all of the tzaddikim also add, is that this is not meant to be taken absolutely literally. That yes, we have the capacity of drawing future consciousness into the present moment itself, but let us not be mistaken in the sense that the future is not the most essential element in that ingredient. The present moment remains the crux upon which all things continue to go. I am a person who lives in the present moment of unredeemed history. I am able to draw the redemption that I know will take place in the future into my exilic mindfulness of right now. And I can allow that future oriented vision to saturate my present experience right now to illuminate it and to give me a new way of grappling with things. But the future awareness of that which is going to take place never changes the mitzvahs. It never changes the ontological reality of what this moment is right now. Until Mashiach Tzidkenu arrives, until the redemption truly arrives, and it arrives Hadas, it arrives without our capacity of knowing when it's going to arrive, we still live our lives as if we are post the Chetab Adamarisham. We live our lives within the categorizations of good and bad, up and down, right and left, wrong and permissible. These ideas, the fact that the Torah of Moshe Rabbeinu is not going to be mitzvah that the Torah that we live with, the halachas oriented experience that a human being lives in this state of the Torah of the Yitzhadas Torah, in this exilic state of reality, it doesn't matter how much I reach into the future to try and draw down the light of Mashiach, this Torah will not be changed. The status, the time and the space in which I encounter reality right now, wherein I have to grapple with the good and the bad and choose good over bad and be careful about what I'm doing and be volitional in my behaviors, that remains a pillar of what it means to be a human being. And if a person, God forbid, feels that the Baal Shem Tov came along and revealed our ability to live in a redemptive state as if the Chet of Adam Arisha never took place, and a person can think that I am perfect at this point, and Bishriros Libi I can walk in accordance with whatever my desire is, because that must be the Ratzon of a Kaddish Baruch Hu. 
A person is omed lipol the time rabba. A person stands at the precipice to fall into the abysmal depths of heresy. The tzaddikim point out in the name of the bris menucha that the word keser, the word keser, which represents our highest capacity of fathoming Hakadosh Baruch Hu's presence in this world, the highest level in which we're able to grasp the fact that in truth, enon mubado. In truth, the future is present right now, that place of Kesser where all distinction falls away, where everything is revealed to be part and parcel of the desire of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that these ideas that stand Olam, that stand at the level of Kesser, the Yichud the recognition that in truth, everything is HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it's the same osios as Karis. It's the same letters as being cut off from godliness. Because a person who comes into that place of trying to contemplate the secrets of Kesar, trying to contemplate the secrets of the future of Alma Da'asi, Da'asi Tadir, as the Zohar Kaddish tells us, of that world that is perpetually flowing into our present exilic reality. If a person mistakes our relationship with the future and comes to think that the future is now, as opposed to the fact that now can be saturated with the belief in the future, then a person stands at the precipice of falling into a place of Karis. And we take the light of Kesar, we take that light of the loftiest lights and we allow it to become a permission for laziness, for allowing ourselves to do whatever it is that comes most naturally to ourselves, to slacken our grip on the limitations and the boundaries in which a human being is bound to live in. And the Baal Shem Tov HaKadosh and His Tamidim were very careful to say, on the one hand, we must live with the awareness that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is present in all things, and that with the proper perspective, I can allow the future redemption to inform the way I look at my present moment in exile right now, to the point that I see exile through the lens of redemption, without ever mistaking or blurring the boundaries between exile and redemption. Never mistaking my own personal redemption of Karve al of seeing Al-Qadish Baruch Hu, Panim Panim in this moment, with the collective redemption and the redemption of the world. Minding the boundaries, minding the very fact that we live in the present moment is of utmost necessity. But it's important to keep in mind that this is also within the realm of the Baal Shem Tov's teachings, because a person can look at this warning in one of two ways. A person can see, okay, we have to live with an awareness that truly in this present moment right now, I can imagine the future-oriented redemptive perspective, which will allow me to see everything as part and parcel of a Kaddish Baruch Hu's goodness and see everything as calm and present in my life. But I can never make that mistake of blurring the boundary. Why? Because we have to be good boys and girls. We have to follow the rules. A person can look at this warning as that. A person can look at this and say, okay, people have messed up in the past. They have tried preemptively to bring about the end and therefore we have to be of utmost care in the present moment to ensure that we maintain the strict boundary between present moment of unredeemed reality and the future of redemptive reality. But that's not the end of it. That's certainly true, we have to be careful. The Torah and Halacha and the details and the guidelines that we live in accordance with are of utmost significance. The Iker is the Maisa. But in truth, there's a hidden benefit inherent within this. Because if a person thinks that the Torah of the Balshanto, that the Torah of Panimiya Satora is coming to teach us how to escape the present and find refuge in some absolutely perfect future, then they're mistaking what the Balshanto was teaching us how to do. The Balshanto did not come along to teach us how to escape the present. The Balshanto came to teach us how to redeem the present. 
The Baal Shem Tov came to teach us how to find the light of the future, specifically within the unredeemed darkness of this moment. The Baal Shem Tov HaKadosh specifically was found and his light was cultivated in the darkened forests of Ukraine, in the darkened Eastern Ukraine terrain of, of this worldly experience and the muddiness and the muck of what it means to be a human being. That is not coincidental, that it's the very fabric and the birthplace of where the light of the Balshamtov has to be revealed. It's specifically within the Hoda, it's specifically within the unredeemed experience that we're meant to draw redemption into. We're not trying to deny the present moment for the sake of the future. We're trying to elevate the present by way of drawing the future into the present, almost as if we're saying that the future is not what the most important part is. The most important part is the present. And it's our job to draw the future into the present. So we still live in accordance with the minutia and the dictates of the law and being a Masudar person and living within the confines of structure and detail-oriented experience. The job of the Baal Shem Tov is not to negate the details. The job of the Baal Shem Tov was to teach us how each and every detail becomes a receptacle for the light of the future. At which point a person can live Yemei HaShemayim al it's not to run away from this worldly experience into the Shemayim, from this moment into the future. The job is to draw the future into the present, to draw Shemayim into right now. Very often the mistaken perspective is that the Baal Shem Tov came to teach us how to live in supernal unity of Yichad Only live with the undeniable sense of Einoid Muvad Kipshut Amamish. But the Rebbe Rashad points out in the Hakdama in the very beginning of Tafresh Shamachbav, and this is an idea that is explicit throughout the writings of Rabbi Nachman and Rav Yitzhak Maya Morgenstern Shlita comes and is the Makkah of Patish on this idea, that the job is not to escape this lowly experience for the sake of some supernal transcendence. The job is to force supernal transcendence into this lowly experience, to drag the Yichot Ilah into the Yichot Tata, to learn what it means to say Baruch, the Iker is not Shema Yisrael, the Iker is not recognizing the nullification of all boundaries and the negation of all limit. The job is to draw the negation of all limit into the Baruch Shem into the limit itself, so that we can come to recognize that even the present moment of unredeemed reality, with all of its minutia and laws and details and busyness and the human condition and all of the difficult things that we have to go through, thus is thus. This is exactly where we're meant to uncover the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The Tachlis is Oilem Hazah, like the Balatanya brings down in the 36th parak in Tanya, which Tzadik Rav Yitzhak Maya Morgenstern points out is the place where the Balatanya hints to the levels of Kesar in the Sefer Atanya, which is B'derach Klal, the Sefer of Chachma and Bina. And in that chapter, in the 36th chapter, in the name of Chazal, what the Balatani, what the Adam HaZakim teaches us is that that the desire of HaKadosh Baruch was not for us to escape this worldly experience, to escape the present confines of time awareness, and to fly with the fight of fancy into the transcendence of a future of a seamless unity. The job is to draw that seamless unity into the gnarliness of this moment, into the disruption of this moment. This is where we're meant to taste the light of the Baal Shem Tov, to allow the future to split open and melt into the present moment so that we can redeem the present moment itself with all of its minutia. Not to claim that redemption has arrived, but rather to be patient enough to recognize that in spite of the fact that redemption has not yet arrived, I can still taste the taste of redemption. 
Because a person who comes to think that they've come to a place of completion, that they've come to a place of wholeness, that they've come to a place of absolute spiritual perfection and redemption of the future, then that person is a dead person. Then they have nothing to do anymore. And that's not what the Torah is teaching us. The Torah is teaching us, if anything, that a person can never truly be at a place where they claim perfection for themselves. The future redemption always rests slightly out of our perspective grasp. As the Ramchal tells us in the name of the Brismanuch and the Lashem Shemavachalayim makes a tremendous asik out of this. We know in accordance with Chazal that we live in the sixth millennia of Shis Al-Feshan and Dahabe Alma, the unredeemed reality of the six days of the week. And that we know that we're anticipating the arrival of the seventh millennia, that light of Shabbos, that light of Bina, that light of returning back to the supernal womb where everything is going to be clarified and rectified. And in accordance with the revealed Torah, with the Gemara, that mindset of Bina, that mindset of Tashma, like we spoke about, that mindset of Chutzlaretz. So there's Golas and there's Gula. There's the 6,000 millennia. And then there's the 7,000th millennia, which is redemption. But Zakhtat Tzadikim, the first Menucha, the Ramchal, the Leshen, that the MS, that's only the beginning. Because after the 7th millennia, when we ascend into the room of Bina, we then go up to the 8th millennia, which we ascend into the realm of Chachma. And then we go up even higher into the 9th millennia, and then higher into the 10th millennia. And at the 10th millennia, that's all we can speak about. But it's not because it's the end. It's just because the human mind is incapable of grasping any language which could conceivably describe what such an experience would be like. Because Ba'emnes, there's Ein Sofla Alios. The human being, the Neshama, will never be on parcel with the perfection of the Creator. That is the identifying mark of what Yahadus is coming to teach us, that the future has not yet arrived, and that we must mind the gap between now and then. Never merging, never with this infantile impatience to say that right now is the future. It's not the future. We're aware of that. Kulzman that there's pain in any individual's heart. It's not the future. Kulzman that I'm aware of anything. It's not the future. Kulzman that I'm a conscious being. It's not the future. As Mamela, our job is to come to understand with our conscious minds that, okay, we're coming closer to the future. We're coming closer to the future. But never to allow the mindset of Hasidus to the Torah of the Balshamta, the Torah of the Ariza, the Torah of the Tzadikim, to allow us for even a moment to blur the boundaries between what we are responsible to do in the limited exilic state of right now and between what this redemptive promise of that which will emerge afterwards will be. We have to be patient. Rabbi Nachman of Breslov says in the sixth Torah of Lukuta Maharan that if you want to understand the secret of Kesser, if you want to understand what the real secret of what Kesser means, this highest gradation of what it means to uncover the depths of desire and ratzon within our minds, that point of the echida, that singularity of the soul, where our distinctions and distortions are no longer present. So a person might think that it means to be negated in the flowing swell of desire and ratzon without any vision of this world at all. That's not what Rabbi Nachman says. Rabbi Nachman says as follows. That the light of Kesser, the light of Kesser is the light of Hamtana. Vizebachinas Kesser, and the aspect of Kesser, the aspect of the crown, the aspect of the highest place, the aspect of that place where the Torah of the Baal comes from, is Ki Kesser Hulasham Hamtana. The language of Kesser, as we see from the Pasuk in Eov, means patience, it means waiting. The Bachina of Tshuva, of waiting to be a little bit more than I am in this moment. Like Chazal have told us, 
that when I make a decision to be chayzer b'tshuva, when I make a decision to enter into that world of Torah, the Balshemto, into that world of tshuva, into that world of panemius, I'm told that I need to wait for help. Mashal echad, what's a mashal is up chazal? A person comes to buy in the parsimu. A person wants to buy a fruit in the shuk. The store owner says, I'm not going to give it to you right now. Wait. And this is the aspect of keser. Wait just a little bit and I will be there for you. The light of keser is the ability to be patient. The light of keser is the ability to abide in the exilic state of right now and to allow the future to irrigate the ground of right now so that every moment of now is seen through the lens of the future without coming to negate the nowness of now. I need to remain who I am in this moment. I cannot allow myself to give in to that natural infantile sway of wanting everything to be perfect. To be a yid means to mind the gap between imperfection and perfection, to be the guardians of imperfection, to guard and to hold that chisaron that rests at the core of reality, not because it's a deficiency because something is lost, but that's how HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world. And until HaKadosh Baruch Hu is mahapich the tzimtzum to reveal that there was never a tzimtzum, which will be the greatest joke of reality, until then it's our job to mind the halal, to be mahapich the halal into a place of himu, of singing out to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, of taking the empty spaces and the distinction and the distortion between now and then, and to play music out of it. So when we talk about the future, when we talk about what it means to live with calmness, we talk about what it means to allow the calm, soothing waters of the mind to irrigate our anxiety, to give us the ability to be present and to not rush and to close our eyes and to say, in this moment, everything is okay. I don't have to be better than I am right now. I don't have to worry about anything. I'm loved, I'm enough as I am right now. Everything is good, everything is calm, everything is nice. As we hold that in mind, we have to be aware that in the next moment, I have to move forward again to realize that I'm still not at the end yet. Because the end is the cessation of activity. The end is the cessation of progress. The present moment is the site of progress. Our goal is not to let go of progress for the sake of stagnant, static experience. The goal is to draw that stasis, that calmness of the future into the dynamism of the present so that we allow a dynamic static presence so that I'm ever changing in an unchanging way. To be present with myself right now with the full awareness that in the next moment I have to move ever so forward in the same mysterious nefesh. In this way, every moment becomes essential. We live with a, a zahirus, a care of each moment, and a zrizus, an alacrity of trying to uncover the spiritual potency of each moment. The light of the future as it melts into the present is the light that allows us to look at each and every moment and say, this is the entire world. Because right now in this moment, I have to uncover the menucha kitov. But in the next moment, I have to learn that I have to come back into it's a process of calmness and effort, but it's not a calmness that negates effort. It's a calmness that seeps into effort that allows effort to become calm itself. So we engage in effort, but we're calm in our effort. It's what Ravichamaya Morgenstern Shlita points out as Zrizas Bimasinus. It's a speed, it's an intensity, it's an alacrity. It's a recognition that if this moment is not fixed, then it will never be fixed and nothing will be fixed. It's the intensity of the moment. 
But at the same point, it's a calmness. At the same point, there's the light of the future that irrigates the present moment. But not, God forbid, the light of the future that negates the present moment. The ikr has to be oilam hazah. The ikr is im kol that I wait for you, Rabbanu Shalom, I wait for Mashiach im kol with every moment of zeh, with every experience of oilam hazeh. As Rabbi Nachman says, then in the future, we're going to realize that zeh, oilam hazeh, is going to be the light of, oh my goodness, this is the HaKadosh Baruch Hu that you're revealing at the end of days. I saw this in exile. Zeh Hashem Taka, this God that I see in the future is the exact thing that I encountered in the present moment. So it's not about negating the present moment. The light of the Baal Shem Tov is to illuminate the present moment through the lens of the future, to see every moment of reality through the light of the future, but not to negate this moment in history. The process, the progress that we make in exile is the very taste of redemption. Redemption is going to be the recognition that halavai, I should have always recognized how close I was to you, Akadosh Baruch in the present moment. There's a Misa, it's my favorite Misa in the world, but I think it's a Misa that illuminates this very concept. Rav Menachem Mendel of Vitebsk, who was a Talmud of the Magid, who was a, a Talmud Chaver, a Rebbe Chaver of the Balatanya, one of the Talmudim of the Vashemtov who decided that it was time to come to Eretz Yisrael. And the Vitebsker went along with Rav Avram Kalisker, and he came and he settled in the town of Tiberia, and he has beautiful letters in the back of Priya Aretz about Chaviva Sa'aretz and a deep desire to be present in this land, in Tiberia, in the land of water, in the land of purity, in the land where the Ramchal Sulsa was buried, in the land where the Rambam was buried, in the land of Rabbi Akiva, in the land that Rabbi Shimon comes out of and he says, Tahir Ir Tiberia, in the land that Chazal tell us the Hisaris of redemption is going to come from. And there was a Bahala in the town and they announced that Mashiach had arrived. And Tamidim came running to the Vitebsker, the Tamidim came running to the Vitebsker and they said, Rebbe, Rebbe, Mashiach is here, the future is here. And the Vitebsker stands up from his makom and his cheder penima and he walks over to the window and he opens up the window and he smells outside and he sits back down in his chair and he says, Mashiach is not here yet, the future is not here yet. And it turned out that there was a Meshuggah because it takes the Shiva'un to really believe that Mashiach is here. And this Meshuggah had announced that Mashiach was here. And in truth, it was a false flag. It was a false call. And Tamidim came back to the Batapskar and they said, Rebbe, Rebbe, we understand. We believe you wholeheartedly that you knew that the future was not yet here. But tell us, why did you have to smell outside? And the Batapskar's answer was, because in here, inside here, redemption has already arrived. Redemption has already arrived. When I'm sitting with my Gemara, when I'm sitting at my Shtender, redemption is here. But what we see from the story is that the biggest tzaddikim in the world held the very delicate balance of their internal redemption with an external exile. And they were capable of tasting the world to come in the present moment of of recognizing that everything is calm and everything is good and I don't have to rush anymore. I don't have to be afraid anymore. And I can taste my own individualized redemption without losing sight of the fact that it's still exile. And a person can learn to live with the Beis HaMikdash being built in their mind and destroyed in reality at the very same moment. And ultimately, these steros, this distortion of ideas, is not a stero. It's what drags us into faith. Yoshev B'Seser Elion, the impossibility of understanding how both can be true at once, is ultimately what brings us into the light of the Balshanta B'Kadosh. So as we continue to move ever so slowly into the light of the future, 
and draw it down into the present moment to redeem this very moment in our lives, to learn what it means to live with comfort, to learn what it means to live with faith, to learn what it means to live with patience, to learn what it means to walk around without fear, even when I'm afraid, to not be anxious, even when all that I hear in my mind is anxiety, to get out of bed with alacrity when all I wanna do is stay in bed, to learn to balance these opposites, to learn to drag redemption into exile is the secret of what we're going to do. And we have to always remember that we're not quite there yet. And the only time that we're going to be there is when Mashiach arrives. Mashiach is going to arrive in a moment, in the flash of an eye. It's going to be like Rabbi Nachman says, unexpectedly on a Wednesday afternoon, Mashiach is going to come walking and we're going to see that everything is shifted. And that Slach, the Noida Behuda in his Akdama to his parish on Shas, and Rabbi Nachman himself says as follows. He says, the reason that we try and speak this way, the reason we try and learn what the future is going to be like is that so when Mashiach does come, we're not going to not understand his language. Rabbi Nachman said that the reason I tell my people to be mitbodeid so much is because for the rest of the world, when Mashiach comes, it's going to be a trauma. But for my people, they've been talking to Hashem all along, and we're all, you know, at the end of the day, we're all just trying to talk to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Rabbeinu said, Rabbi Nachman said, and in the end, everybody will be breastlet. It does not mean, I don't think that everybody will know who Rabbi Nachman is. All it means is that every Jew will come to recognize that the moment I let go of happiness, I'm lost. The moment I believe that hopelessness is a possibility, I'm lost. And the only thing I can do sometimes is talk to God in my private language. And those who talk to God in private language, those who cultivate that innermost relationship where they can draw the future into the present in their forest spot when they're being misquoted, but at the very same moment to recognize that redemption has not yet arrived, they're not going to be so surprised when Mashiach arrives. They're not going to be knocked off their game. The Maurinayim wrote two things in his tzava with regards to printing his sefer. He said, you need to take out anything that I remember saying and you have to also recognize that the only reason I'm writing these teachings down or allowing these teachings to be written is so that when Mashiach starts darshaning, when Mashiach starts speaking, they'll have some hasada of the language that he's speaking. And so we have to always mind the gap. We have to always be patient. We have to recognize that redemption has not yet arrived. And Be'ezru Sashem, redemption should arrive. Take it from the Admanish. But until then, redemption has not yet arrived. But that doesn't negate our ability of drawing the light of the future into the present moment to not negate the present moment, but rather to elevate it and to recognize that this present moment right here, right now, where I have the volitional choice to be calm in this moment with a little bit more simcha and a little bit more amuna and a little bit more tainug on my amuna, the deep pleasure of amuna, that is the purpose of the entirety of reality. Be'ezer Sashem, next week, what we're going to talk about is how each and every person is the entirety of reality. And when we recognize how we are the entire world, that each and every one of us is the sum total of reality, we can begin to understand what it means to bring our own personal redemption in our time right now, Ezra Sashem. This podcast is supported in part from a grant from the Hadar Institute. The music is by Zusha. The audio engineer is David Kwan. For more from the Shefa Podcast Network, visit our Facebook page and please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts.